Good morning, guys. I don't really, like, I don't even know, feel like I need to say anything this morning. And really, that is my heart, is that we would look past man and we would see him. I was just reminded as the guys were praying for the youth here, you know, David was called and anointed as a teenager. And how many, how often as adults, actually, we just overlook sometimes, we overlook young kids and the teenagers, and we just, you know, we just, but God called and anointed the King of Israel, a type type of Jesus, actually. He's the picture of Jesus in the Old Testament for us, as a young man, the one that was not noticed, the one that was not seen, the one that wasn't even called to the, he wasn't even called to the table when Samuel came to anoint. Incredible, eh? God does not look at things the way we look at things. He looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. And I just, um, where do I start? So I, I really feel like, uh, yeah, this is probably the last time I'm in this, con- this is the last time in this context that I'm going to be sharing with you guys. I'm sure I'll be here again. I, hopefully I'll preach sometime. But as, as, as the guy that leads this congregation is, in a sense, dad in this congregation, it's the last time. I will be standing here like this. And I was standing here earlier, and Lauren came to me. She goes, are you pondering? And yes, I was, actually. I was just looking at the empty chairs and looking, and it's like, I'm probably never going to stand here in the same context again, looking, wondering, waiting, who's going to come this morning, what the Lord's laid on my heart. Um, it's, it's quite a moment of emotion, to be honest with you. But it's, again, it's not about that. It's about the kingdom being built. And even Jeff saying, next week, like, you know, we're handing over the congregation. That it's like that's a part of the meeting, and it's cool. And yes, it is something to celebrate. The Bible does say, "Outdo one another with honor." But that's not what next week's about. Next week is about us as a people, as six different congregations within a hub coming together to be, to be the body, to devote ourselves to apostolic inputs, to devote ourselves to being one people. Not it's not about me. It's not about even. It's not about Maria Stian. It's not. It's not about that. We look past these things to see the kingdom. Amen. And what I feel like the Lord did, and I do think it, it, it's probably tying in with all of this, is, and Jeff kept on hammering, and I didn't even, he didn't even really know what I was pre- wanting to preach on, and he just kept on dropping a few lines and a few things, and I felt like the, the Lord's really been highlighting this, this theme of obedience to me. And uh, so last, well, it was last night, a couple of nights ago, I'm sitting at the dining room table with Anya and Ella, you know, our little ones, Anya's eight, Ellie's six, and Margo, and, and Anya says, you know, Dad, Mom and Dad, she says, they do gymnastics, by the way, um, rhythmic gymnastics, and uh, she says, you know, our teacher said to us that we're the only kids that actually, when she tells us to do something, we do it. I was like... So I was like, I'm jumping on this moment. I'm jumping on this moment with her. I realized what had just happened in her mind. And I said, Anya, I said, why do you think that is? And she said, well, you guys have taught us to listen. I was like, 100, 100 points for you. <laughs> I was like, yes, Anya, do you understand now the importance of us teaching you to be obedient? Everything we do, all the chores you do, all the the correction that you get, everything is to teach you to be obedient. 
It's not to do things the way I do it, although I like that, don't like that. But ultimately, my role as your dad and a mom as your mom is to teach you to be obedient. And not just for the sake of being obedient. Actually, we represent God in your life. And we're teaching you to be obedient to God. Because one day, when you're older, when you're out the house, you're going to be answering. You, and in many ways, we cover them because they are in a household, but they're going to be answering to the Lord. And I, and I began to sit on this theme of obedience, and I began to ponder on it, like how much it pleases the Lord. Man, obedience pleases the Lord more than anything. Jeff started, he said, God says in 1 Samuel, I think it's 1 Samuel 15, 22, says, I desire obedience over sacrifice. To heed, which means to do what I hear, is better than the fat of rams. And I'm like, there's something in this, Lord. Matthew, I think, what's it, Matthew 28, verses 20. We all know the scripture, we talk about it lots. Go and make disciples. Come on, guys, you know the scripture. Of all nations, teaching them to obey that which I've commanded you. He doesn't say teach them what I've commanded you. He says teach them to obey. Observe. Oh, I don't like that one. There's another one that's about, I think it's NIVs, obey. What? ESV. I like the ESV. I normally use the ESV. Why does my ESV say that? <laughs> but do you understand? You hear what I'm saying? It says teaching them to obey or observe, same thing really, what I've commanded. It doesn't say teach them what I've commanded, although you've got to know what he's commanded in order to obey. So that's part of the role. But actually our focus is to be to teach people to be obedient, right? And I watch and I watch this theme throughout the Bible of the Lord working obedience into his people. And he, uses, he speaks to, like, there's obedience to him, there's obedience to parents, there's obedience to leadership. There's something of obedience that pleases the Lord. And I believe we're in a time when a generation that kicks against obedience. Interesting. One Timothy says, in those last days, they'll be lovers of self, da 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 disobedient to parents. Interesting, that's quite a random thing they throw in there. But why? Disobedient to parents. Like we think, you know, what? Disobedient to their parents. Because there's a model here. There's a, there's a purpose in obedience to parents that God's actually working into us as a people, as a nation, to follow him, actually. And there's, it's not such a small matter, actually. It reflects and is indicative of a bigger problem. A rebellious people. Actually, because if the, the little ones of this generation does not learn to be obedient, what will they be when they're older? Teachers are going like, yeah, check me out, like, yes. <laughs> and, and actually, it's, I think it's one of the reasons that the, the family unit and even how we discipline our children and all of these things have come into such attack. Because if you remove discipline from, if you remove discipline, we, we, we see a, a children and a generation that actually don't obey. And they're not able to hold the tensions of fear and love. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now, but <laughs> there is something huge in that. If Hebrews, Hebrews 12 tells you all about those things, he disciplines those he loves, he chastises those that he receives as sons. See, that's, there's something of teaching obedience that is so important to the Lord, and I don't want to go too much into that, but I do want to look at 
Maybe a passage of Scripture, in one, it's 1 Samuel 15. It's where he says, obedience is better sacrifice. And let's have a look quickly just at the story, the back story of this. So Saul is anointed, he's chosen, he's the guy, he's the man of the hour to be king of Israel, right? He was anointed by God. Samuel went and anointed him. God said, that's the guy, and he's the guy, right? And uh, the Lord sends him on a mission. I'm paraphrasing. You guys go and read this at home and spend some time in it. The Lord sends him on a mission, and he says, I want you to go and devote the Amalekites. This is a people that came against the Israelites when they came out of uh, Egypt. They weren't kind and good to them. He says, I want you to go and devote that nation to destruction. It means take them out. Everything. That seems quite harsh, Right? We don't always know why the, I don't always know why the Lord did some of the things he did and asked, there's something in there, but I, I don't always know why. It seems very over the top, right? And um, anyway, they go, and I think 200,000 men from all over Israel, and they go and they fight against the Malachites and they beat them. And they, they root them. They destroy, they, but, but he says, I want you to kill everything, he says. I want you to the cattle, the sheep, this. Everything, alles. And you say everything. <laughs> and uh, the people in their mind, they think, hey, is a good idea. Yeah, they've got some good cattle. They've got some good sheep. Let's keep that for sacrifice to the Lord. And, uh, and they keep the king, Agag. I think it's Agag. Agag. <laughs> when did you know a name was Agag? <laughs> Terrible. Um. And they keep the king alive. And, uh, and the Lord comes and speaks to, 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 um, to Samuel, and he says, Samuel, Saul has rejected me. He wasn't obedient. I told him to devote them to distraction, uh, destruction. Destruction. <laughs> destruction. Yet he hasn't done that, right? And, um, and Samuel goes and he confronts Saul and he says, why do I hear the, low, the lowing of cattle and the bleating of sheep? And Paul says, oh, no, we want, to do, you know, we want to bring sacrifice to the Lord and kind of hides behind, makes it spiritual, you know, which maybe they did. I mean, in their defense, maybe they did want to do that. But the Lord says, no, that's not what I asked. I asked you to listen and obey. And that's where Samuel says, that scripture, he says, obedience is better than sacrifice. To heed is better than the fat of rams. That's the context of that. And the Lord says, he says, as Saul has rejected me, I will reject him as king of Israel. And that just like, sure, that is intense. Here's somebody that's been chosen, called, and anointed, and in his disobedience, the Lord has actually said no. You've lost it. Now, now, thank God that we have Jesus, that we can turn to the Lord, and it's, it's, it's not exactly the same for us here. But there's a picture here that you need to see. There's, a, there's an outworking of something, the, the importance of this. Saul lost his anointing. He lost his call and his purpose in that moment because he was disobedient, actually. There's something of, that's how highly the Lord regards obedience, actually. And I said, it kind of starts there, and then you begin to see this, this pattern of just obey the Lord, right? I, I don't know where it is. I'm sure you guys have all heard it before, but I always have this picture in my, in my mind 
of like just simplify it massively like this, like a dad standing on on a step ladder changing a bulb, and uh, saying to his his son or daughter, "Won't you please pass me the bulb to put in the?" And they give him a spanner, and it's like, "What was I do with the spanner? I was for the bulb." And there's good intention, but it's not going to help. The Lord has clearly said, "This is what I want you to do." The dad in that picture says, "Give me the bulb." And so, <laughs> there's many scriptures in the Bible that, that, that talk about this and paint this picture, but I'm just like, the Lord desires obedience, all right? And, and we're to be obedient people. And we're not even, I'm not even talking necessarily about what we need to be obedient to, but before we understand what we need to do, we need to be, understand that we need to be an obedient people. We need to do those things when they're taught, right? Obey that which I've commanded, right? And I, and I felt like, in many ways, as, I, as we le- we're leaving this context right now, and you know, whenever we leave, whenever I, I leave my kids with somebody, we go out, me and Margot have to go out, if, say, for example, we're going out for dinner. Many times, say, for Bridget's looked after our kids, and I'll say to the kids, I'll come down to their heart, I'll look them in the eyes, as their dad, this is my role now. Remember, my role is to teach them to be obedient. I look them in the eyes, make sure that they're hearing me, and I say, girls... Anya, Ella, can you hear me? Yes, Dad. <laughs> Look at my eyes. I said, Daddy and Mommy are going out. Auntie Bridget is in charge. She's the boss. Do you understand? Yes, Dad. <laughs> I said, good. That means Auntie Bridget has my full authority. Girls, do you understand what that means? Yes, Dad. <laughs> but there's a transfer of authority, in a sense, to, to, to Bridge in that moment going... She's got responsibility. She's got to look after my kids. Make sure they're not. <laughs> and, and it's just this picture I have almost as we go. Like, but in that moment, I, I, I communicate to them that there's this transfer of, of authority. But then I leave them with an instruction. Girls, I want you to listen to everything she says. Obey her. Okay, Dad. And I know. I've taught them. And they do push. They, I know they take gaps with me, but I know they don't take gaps with other people. I hope they don't. <laughs> but there's a sense of a teaching to obey, right? And the Bible does say, raise, raise your children in the ways of the Lord, and when they're older, they hopefully will not depart from them. <laughs> it's not a promise. It's a proverb. But there's a, like, that they will not depart from them. There is a way. And I think the Lord continuously massages this into us. Parents, raise your children. Now, it's like it was special this morning, just even just as the youth were here, because there's a sense of raising them and, and teaching them the ways of the Lord, teaching them to be obedient to the ways of the Lord. But it doesn't stop with the youth and our kids. It's also to you guys. And the problem is that we live in this age, in this society, we've been so desensitized to obedience. We've become this rebellious people, actually. And it's just, I mean, we shouldn't even really be surprised. When, when, when you, I mean, a great example is we're going to Somerset West next week. And the Bible does say in Hebrews, I told you a couple of weeks ago, it's, it does say, submit and obey your leaders, because they're ones to give account of your, life, of, of your life. Make their jobs a joy, I'm paraphrasing horribly, without groaning, for it will not be of advantage to you. Disobedience in any form whether it be to God or to parents or to leaders, is not 
of advantage to you. It's not for the people that are, that are leading you's sake. It's not for God's sake. It's for your sake. He has your, as a good father, he has your best interest at heart. Do you, do you understand? And my children, my girls, I've got their absolute most best interest at heart. Because I know, like, I, I see the bigger picture for them. God has got your best interest at heart. He's not doing this just for the sake of doing this because he's, he's up there and he can do it. No. He knows what he's doing in you because there's, a, there's an outcome of what he's doing. And he's actually his son. Who's the perfect picture of obedience? Jesus. Even unto death. He's shaping and forming that into us. I said to the guys that we were just chatting about, like I mentioned something about this. I'm like, I know Jesus' death on the cross was, uh, uh, was the price that was paid. We justified through, through the blood that was spilt and the resurrection. I, I get all of that. But what pleased God in all of that? Jesus' obedience. He willingly went out of obedience. And it's like this, it's this whole beautiful picture. You've got to look at it from the start to the finish, right? You've got to look at the Jesus, his whole life is just obedience. Uh, not the will of my, not my will, but your will, Lord. And this is this is a people that I long for us to become. I long for us, I long to see a people that are obedient to the Lord's ways. And and what is this when we talk about what he has commanded? I'm not talking about, I mean, remember the laws now been written on our heart, but I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about the values of the kingdom. I'm talking about all the values we can see in the Bible that get the, 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 the common threads that get pulled through. Accountability, living accountable one to another, living in each other's lives, praying for one another, worshiping the way we worship. All of these things, we're called to be obedient to them, not just to listen to them and not be doers, right? And I mean, we could go through all the different all the different things. I wonder sometimes. We talked, Jeff mentioned tithing earlier. We did a quick tithing. Every week, right? I mean, guys, God doesn't need your money. He doesn't. He's testing your heart. Eh? It's his anyway, right? He doesn't need your money. What's he doing? He's testing your obedience. He's training you. He's training you, Right? So I wonder how many of us sit here on a Sunday, we hear a, a tithe message or the boxes get passed around every Sunday, and it's like, yeah, 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 and we don't tithe. And we wonder, well, and listen, I'm not into prosperity gospel or anything like that. I'm not. I'm not preaching we sow to get, none of that. But then we wonder why we're in financial difficulty. I'm not saying it's the only reason. We wonder why we're in financial turmoil. It's because we actually haven't been faithful. Maybe God's teaching us a lesson. Maybe God's actually wanting to go, hey, guys, there's a better way. Be faithful to what I've called you to do, and I will open up the storehouses of heaven upon you. And, and I know if I just preached that, it could sound quite. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm, there's a principle. I'm just using that as an example. These are, values of the, these are values of the kingdom, right? The way we worship brings freedom. Living open and accountable life. You know, if you just live your life, and you don't necessarily belong in your head and understanding in your heart, right? You haven't opened your life to anyone, and you carry on in a direction. 
You've, in many ways, you've tied the hands of, the, those, of those around you to help you. We can't help because we don't know. The, God's called us to be part of the body, right? To live an open life. So that means what I do is going to affect you. It could be for the good or the bad. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the story of the Bible, right? That we won, we belong to each other, right? But what one part suffers, we all suffer. I've preached this many times. One part suffers, we all suffer. One rejoice, we all rejoice. But if I'm not, if I'm not sharing, I'm actually not part. If I'm not telling you what's going on in my life, if I'm just kind of doing my own thing, I'm actually not part. I'm t- removing myself. Interesting. I just thought, you know, you know what leprosy is. Guys, know what leprosy is. Interesting, I was thinking about this. The the disease leprosy actually does that exact same thing to your body. It makes your parts not not have feeling. So leprosy itself doesn't actually kill you. It's what happens when you have leprosy that kills you. Interesting, that. So what happens is it deadens your parts. You no longer feel. So the rest of the body doesn't know what's going on in that part of your body, like your toe or your foot. You kick your toe and you don't even know because there's no feeling. Injury occurs. Your body doesn't know. You can maybe see it, maybe there are, but you don't feel. It's not work, the body's not working to, to heal and to, to, to get to that part like it should, actually. And the inf- infection sets in, and infection can actually lead to death. That's how generally people die from leprosy. I mean, leprosy's curable nowadays. Was it, leprosy's quite a... Quite a Prevalent disease in the Bible. God, all of these things, there's, there's parallels. I was like, that thing, living an open life, in each other's lives, involved in each other's lives, not just doing our own thing, being one people, God addresses from every single different angle. Every single, that's a value. And if you're not doing that, you're not being obedient. I'm not going to, I can go into that and just preach on being accountable for like 10 weeks. There's so much on it. But what's the point? Because if I'm just preaching it and you're not being obedient to it, then you're just ever hearing, never perceiving. You're just hearers and not doers. So before you even know, you've got to posture your heart to want to obey and want to follow. And I think if we can see the theme in the Bible of, okay, Lord, hang on a second. I don't want to just, I don't want to just come on a Sunday and listen. There's there's something for me in this, actually. I want to yield my life to this, actually. Like, like, it's funny. I think if Saul didn't, unfortunately, and he got rejected. But now we've got Jesus. We can turn back to God and go, Lord, I've been doing it my own way and I want to surrender to you. I want to yield my life to you. And there's freedom and there's, there's, with repentance, there's forgiveness and he pulls us back in. He pulls us in, right? And I, as we go, I just, this maybe sound, maybe, I don't know, maybe it sounds a bit heavy with you guys, or, but, but it's, this is the kingdom, guys. <laughs> this, is, this is the kingdom of God. We're not, as Jeff would say, this is naughty and big ears. <laughs> okay, okay, you can laugh. Everybody laughs at him, not me. <laughs> but there is a sense of, like, there's a weight in these things. When I gather the girls together around the dining room table and I'm teaching them to be obedient and I'm speaking into these things, it's not, we don't laugh, 
think, yeah, we can laugh about these things, but it's a serious matter. And that's right now what we're doing, actually. Is it, guys, these things are serious. This is the body of Christ. Would you guys be a people that are obedient to God and to those that the Lord has put over you? And when we're called to things like living the values, or when we're called to go and meet together, there's something in the Bible. We see that devotion to one another, devotion to the apostolic. We're a people that devote ourselves because we understand it's His way. He's, we, we don't always understand exactly how it's going to work out or exactly even why. But God is working something of obedience into us, actually. Does that make sense? I've gone so far off my notes. So, right, uh, I said, I mentioned something that I've got to to land. I I mentioned something the other day, I think it was two weeks ago. I said, we all, whether you are single or not, called to be a mother and a father, spiritual mother and father. Every single one of you, even the teenagers, guys, Speaking to you. <laughs> but we're called to disciple people, right? Exactly Matthew 18, 20. That's every single person is called to that, right? If we, as a parent, if, if you don't sow obedience, you're not going to reap obedience either. <laughs> Have you ever, you know when you're discipling somebody and they're just like, you can see the, like what's good for them and you know what they needed and you know the way to walk. And, you, and you're walking this journey with them, and they're just not doing it. And you're like, ah. Oh. You know? And it's not out of, not even, I mean, it can be frustration. It can lead to frustration. But generally, it's out of love, because we love people, and we want to see them walk in what God's got for them, right? We've got to, be, we've got to guard our hearts, make sure it doesn't become frustration, because frustration, if we respond in frustration, it can hurt people. But I'm just being real. I mean, when you are leading somebody and you're discipling somebody and you can see them kicking their toe against the rock every time, isn't there something in you going, ah, come on? (laughs) Yes? No? It's only me. (laughs) Hello? The back there? (laughs) Yeah. So, but the thing, here's the thing, like, this this is applicable to every one of us, not leaders, Every one of you, because every one of us is called to disciple, right? Every one of us is called to mother and father. So if we're not sowing obedience, if we're not being obedient, why would the people that we're leading and discipling be obedient? My mom always used to joke with me because I was quite naughty. Mic drop. <laughs> My mom always used to joke with me because I was quite naughty. She said, ooh, ooh. I don't know what your kids are going to be like. It's like, no, I break that now in the name <laughs> <laughs> and I, thank goodness I came to Jesus and I rep- actually repented, yeah. And, I turned, and he turned my life around. And I've got in two incredible little girls at the, mo- like, at the moment. <laughs> They're incredible. But it's the grace of God. It's, not, it's him, right? It's him. So, where does this leave us? We need to end. I think there's, 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 I never want to leave opportunities go by, like let opportunities go by. I don't know everybody here, if, so maybe let's start there. If Paul, oh, sorry, I keep on calling him Paul because Paul was also Saul. But Saul, in the Old Testament, Saul's picture there of rejection, rejecting God's call on his life was disobedience, right? If you're not in the kingdom, if you have not bowed your knee to Jesus and you're not in the kingdom, Rejecting him is not surrendering. Because he says, 
come and surrender your life to me. Okay? So there might be somebody here this morning has never surrendered their life to Jesus, have never stepped into the kingdom of God, and is still actually in the kingdom of darkness. And this moment he's going, I've called you, like Saul, I've called you, I've anointed you, and I'm calling you into, this, into the kingdom of light, I'm calling you into that which I, I have for you, will you surrender? 